subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Our friend Brad Crawford of 247 Sports College Football Rider. Brad, it's kind of doom and gloom right now on these airwaves when it comes to Arkansas football based on how things have gone thus far in the transfer portal and in the high school ranks. Doesn't seem to be that way in Oxford, Mississippi or Columbia, South Carolina. Seems like Lane Kiffin and Beamer are the two hottest transfer portal coaches right now in college football. Yeah, between Lane Kiffin, Shane Beamer, and Deion Sanders, those three guys are cleaning up on the transfer market. Kiffin has the top-ranked class right now, probably getting another commitment soon from a former uh, Texas A&M five-star. Deion has reloaded his offensive line, and Shane Beamer has picked Arkansas clean of its best running back with, with Rocket Sanders and, and maybe in line to Lane K.J. Jefferson, too. There is some speculation on where KJ is is going. You wrote a, a good article on two four seven sports laying out four potential destinations. Chandler Morris, the news yesterday of him entering the transfer portal kind of raised the eyebrows of many here in this state. Uh, how much does that play into the idea that KJ could possibly land in Fort Worth relative to the other schools you listed out? Yeah, at about four PM Eastern yesterday, Ty, and after talking to several sources, I thought really South Carolina, Miami, and UCF were the three major schools that were going to be in pursuit of KJ. Of course, we're in a quiet period right now for this week in the portal. But then Chandler Morris leaves TCU two hours later. TCU probably jumps ahead of South Carolina in that regard, and I, I really think it'll come down to Miami or TCU for KJ. Um, I think right now, based on what I've learned, he's. He's asking for top 10 quarterback money despite not being a top 10 quarterback in the portal. And I think Miami has that money to spend if the Hurricanes don't land Cam Ward, the Washington State guy who has also visited FSU. So I think KJ is going to get paid. I think he's going to be a starter next year wherever he lands. And, of course, it could be back in Fort Worth with former Hogs OC Kendall Bryles. Does Cristobal have anything behind? I know Van Dyke's in Madison now, does he have anything behind him at Miami? Is there any capable quarterback that they could roll with that they don't land one of the portal guys? Yeah, there's a young kid who played the last couple of games, started against Florida State, uh, played played pretty well in spots. I don't think they're ready to just assume he's QB1 and, and hand over the entire playbook to him next season. I think Miami, like I said, they, they have money to spend in NIL. They're very good up front, probably – next season in offensive and defensive lines. But tell you what, man, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be a, a conference title contender really in, in any Power 5 league. And I think Miami knows that. And Mario Cristobal must sign a top-end guy this cycle. Brad Crawford with us here on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Brad, how many real winners can there be in the portal? I mean, we, we talk about who's winning, who's losing, but – I mean, there's just not that many great players to go around. The, the, the greatest ones probably go on to the NFL. They've served their time, so to speak, in college football. But 
I mean, when you really stop and think about it, how many real winners can there be, true winners in the in the portal these days? Yeah, I think some of the underrated winners are, are going to be a few of the elite programs, man, that only sign two or three transfers and, and really feel uh, immediate needs with, with, with high-end guys. But, you know, you, you look at, like, Florida State last season. They signed more than a dozen guys, and they went 13-0 and with a lot of that transfer portal talent. That, that was a major win for Mike Norville. And then Colorado signs more than 60 guys last cycle and, and goes 4-8. and eight. So I, I think if you're Coach Prime, you're, you're hoping that these five offensive line transfers that you have committed right now are essentially immediate starters outside of Jordan Seaton, who's the 2024 five-star freshman, top tackle in the country. Uh, Colorado's going to sign him on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, you know, there, there can't be 15 winners. And I think that the more transfers you take, it sort of shows that you have a lot of holes uh, in, in your starting 22 depth chart. So I just find it interesting that, you know, the schools like Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, they take portal guys too, but they're, they're taking a handful of talent versus trying to reload a roster. Is this about war chest? Is this about money at this point? Uh, what makes one school a winner over the other? For the high-end guys, yes. And um, – I do think that if, if you have a successful collective, say, uh, you know, Oregon, Tennessee, Ole Miss are, are, are three collectives that I hear a lot about behind the scenes in the industry as, you know, groups that are, are really forking out money, I think you can be successful. And, you know, those, those aren't necessarily blue blood programs. Uh, Oregon and, and, and Ole Miss specifically, I think in the new expanded playoff, if, if you're one of those programs, you know, just outside the top ten every year, you can get into that top 12 if, if you're willing to spend and, you know, rally the base. One, one more program I'll say that is doing well despite not being one of the, you know, traditional powers financially is NC State. They've got a top five portal class right now coming off a nine-win season and signed a quarterback out of Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall, who I think will be a instant impact player there in Raleigh. Speaking of quarterbacks, I want to talk about a Heisman Trophy winner and a recent commit to Nebraska. Let's start with Jaden Daniels. So he's opted out of their bowl game against Wisconsin. Brad, we've kicked around the idea that at some point in time we'll see an opt-out in the college football playoff. Do you think that happens this year? Or when do you anticipate that happening at some point when it comes to player just pursuing the NFL and ditching out in the college football playoff? I think it certainly could. And I think at, at a position maybe like an offensive tackle that's a top-five pick or maybe an edge rusher who, who might go number one, you know, they, they've already shown over the course of three college seasons most likely, they've already got elite film, NFL scouts, know where they're going to land a guy. I was actually surprised, Ty, that last season Alabama didn't have more opt-outs, um, not in the playoffs, but in the New Year's Six with Bryce Young and Will Anderson pretty much assuredly going one-two in the draft. Nick Saban somehow convinced those guys to play. I think down the road we're, we're going to see players being paid to appear in bowl games or, or at least that be a part of maybe NIL contracts in the future where if you don't play in the postseason, you're not getting that bag at the end of the year in December. Brett, what do you think about the multiple transfer rule? We, we've already seen that change within the portal, but what will happen to not just college football but college sports if players are allowed to transfer at will? It's just free agency every off season in in football, and, and you know I I I cover college football almost exclusively, but j- just in the sport that I cover, 
Um, it'll become a free for all, and you know, coaching staff. Every every coach I've spoke to this season, Ty, has told me it's a three hundred and sixty four day a year job. Basically, <laughs> Christmas Day is the one day that they sort of ignore everything and and stay off their phones. But um, you know, this, this three to four week period between the end of the regular season and and, and really bowl practices is the busiest time of the year for coaching because you're not only having to recruit your incoming 2024s and keep them committed, but you're having to pay your own players to retain a roster. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. You know, Shane, Shane Beamer specifically, you know, he didn't know Juice Wells, his top playmaker in 2024, was going to open himself up to free agency essentially and, and go to the highest bidder, which turned out to be Ole Miss. So, you know, for the Shane Beamers of the world, I, I certainly feel for them that um, – it's a hard time right now being a head college football coach. Well, Brad, like the college football coaches, I know you basically work 364 days a year, so enjoy <laughs> your one day off this coming Monday, and uh, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join us this morning. Thanks a lot, fellas. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Alright, let's talk to our friend Bruce Stanton of Pradco Fishing. Bruce, we just spent a considerable amount of time on, on football here, talking about, again, where Arkansas slots in the SEC in this new packing order. What do you think Tennessee is in that side of things? In second tier? I mean, probably second tier, but, you know, going on what you were just talking about, it was just five years ago, Tennessee went 0-8 in the SEC, which, you know, kind of like unconscionable to think the Volunteers could not win an SEC game, especially when you play Vanderbilt in Kentucky every year. But we saw it happen. And then, you know, you mentioned the dynamic of getting the right guy. You go out and get Josh Heupel. Uh, you know, fastest offense in the NCAA. He's going to have a lot of yardage, a lot of points. 
and uh, it automatically changes your perspective as a fan. You, you know who you are. You have an identity. You can go recruit for that. Tennessee's got a lot of NIL money. You can go pay players, get the right players in. You know, you, you look at last year, you went from 0-8 in the SEC to rank number one before you played Georgia. So it took, you know, four years to go from the bottom to the top. It still won 11 games, didn't make the playoff. But as a fan, it's like that's how quick it can happen. And uh, it can happen, I guess, anywhere with the money that's going around now. But, you know, I think most – SEC schools, probably except for Kentucky and Vanderbilt, you, you could expect to be ranked number one and even be in a BCS bowl. I mean, Mississippi State was ranked number one when Dak played there. So it, it can happen in Arkansas, but, you know, will it happen under this regime? Probably not, but, you know, it just takes getting the right guy with the right identity. Yeah, just seems like right now, I mean, we're just searching. We'd love to have great news from the portal or great news on, you know, high school recruiting that, hey, you just picked, you just stole a, a great commit away. But, you know, you know, someone said, hey, you guys play Christmas music. You're being depressing. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes you got to report the news. And, you know, right now the, the news just uh, isn't in your favor. All right, let's talk about maybe something a little better. The Pradco Pyramid of Power. Let's get to that. Who are the best basketball teams yeah, in the basketball SEC? Team Slayers SEC. better right now. SEC. Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. All right, what you got, Tommy? All right, let's start at the top. I had Kentucky number one last week. I'm going to keep them number one. They beat North Carolina 87-83. That game was going on at the same time the Hogs were playing on Saturday against Lipscomb. Um, just a, a really great college basketball game. Um, North Carolina's number nine in the country. Kentucky's number nine this week at eight and two. Um, I, 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 they play Louisville coming up on Thursday. That's a big oh, They'll beat them by 30. Yeah, oh. but it's a big rivalry game. But anyway, Bruce, I got Kentucky at number one. Yeah, I had to switch. Uh, uh, North Carolina dropped 100 on Tennessee when they played. When I saw Kentucky uh, actually beat North Carolina neutral site in Atlanta, I said, well, even though the net, Kentucky's 27 and Tennessee's eight, you know, that head-to-head with North Carolina moved Tennessee up, moved Kentucky up to number one. You're yeah. right. All right, Kentucky number one, the ranked ninth in the country. Tennessee ranked number eight in the polls that came out yesterday. They're eight and three on the year. They beat Georgia Southern uh, 74 to 56, but they play North Carolina State coming up. Uh, or they beat North Carolina, pardon, pardon me, they beat North Carolina State 79-73. That was their two wins last week. I got Tennessee at number two. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I don't know what brilliant marketing mind decided to play that in San Antonio. There were 2,300 people in attendance, according to what they published. And I think there was about 600, and I think 580 of them were Tennessee fans. Mm. Ole Miss at number three. They cracked the poll at 25. They're the only undefeated team in the league at 10 0. They beat Cal 88 to 78. And um, um, they, they've just really had a surprising start to their year. Got them well, they three. got a coach. They got Chris Beard, and, uh, you know, they did beat Memphis, which Memphis has beaten Missouri, Arkansas, and A&M. So Memphis is running through the SEC, and they'll beat Vanderbilt this week. But uh, Ole Miss handled Memphis handily. And uh, the big game coming up for them is January 8th in Knoxville. Uh, that'll be a, you know, top 25 matchup, and Ole Miss will probably be undefeated. They're one of only four undefeated in the country, and uh, – We'll see what happens when they go to Knoxville. Ole Miss plays Troy tonight, so uh, might keep an eye on that on your phone, at least for uh, 
make sure there's not an upset. I've moved Auburn to number four. Uh, they beat uh, Bronny and Southern Cal 91-75 to on Sunday. Really wasn't much of a game. Auburn's 8-2. and two. I got them number four, Bruce. I agree. Auburn's looking impressive. They blew uh, Indiana out of the gym by 28 when they played them last week. And obviously, USC came to Auburn. and They've probably not played in an environment like that in the Pac-12 or whatever you call it. But, uh, yeah, Auburn, Auburn's uh, that's going to be a tough place to play this year. Checking in with uh, A&M at number five. They're seven and four now in the year, but they ended a really good loss to number four Houston. Lost by four, 70 to 66. So, Got the Aggies at number five. Yeah, this is probably the only place we differ. I got Alabama at okay. number uh, five. Their net's a little higher, and uh, they lost as well last week to number eight Creighton on the road. Yep. But uh, you know th- these top six things teams all have, except for Ole Miss, have things in common. They're they're really focused on their quad one games, and they're playing a lot of them, which you really have to do, and it's it's. Re- in the net rankings, all of these teams except Ole Miss are in the top 27. Uh, so, you know, they're playing tough schedules, and they're winning some, and they're losing some. So, I got Alabama at six. They're six and four. Do you have A&M there at your bottom row? Okay, so we just flip-flop five and six. Uh, you mentioned the loss to Creighton. Alabama plays the Arizona boys tomorrow. Arizona's ranked fourth in the country, so uh, that ought to be a really good basketball game. And if Alabama wins that, they'll have to slide up on the uh, Pradco Pyramid of Power next week. That's right. That's right. So, and then going down, I had South Carolina 7, Mississippi State 8. Arkansas comes in at 9 on mine. That Florida at 9. I had South Carolina, Mississippi State, then Florida uh, in that order. So that's about where I stopped. I just gave three more spots. I, I figure once we get past 9 or 10, uh, we're really we're we're splitting that hairs at that point. So uh, with no more information we got, here's some games to keep an eye on. Though we mentioned Florida, they play Michigan tonight at six o'clock. Florida favored by three and a half. That game's on ESPN. Missouri takes on number thirteen Illinois, a program that Tennessee beat I don't know, a week and a half ago or whatever. That game's Friday night at eight o'clock. So maybe some holiday basketball watching Missouri and Florida. So a couple marquee games coming up in the SEC. So. The Pradco Pyramid of Power, Kentucky number one, Tennessee number two, Ole Miss at three with a 10-0 record, and it's Auburn, A&M, and Alabama. We all agree it's right? That's right. All right. That's right. All right. Yeah, I don't have I don't have any pushback. I would have said, called you a homer if you put Arkansas in the top six after a three-point win. And that no. Lipscomb team, by the way, was missing their top score from last year mm-hmm. and their best score from this year, too. Yeah. And you beat those guys by three. All right, Bruce, well, uh, let me, go ahead. Let me ask you a hard question. Do you think Arkansas will get back in the top six of the pyramid this year? Yeah. yeah I mean, they, they've got some games. I mean, well, if you win, yes. I mean, <laughs> they got Auburn to start conference play, and then and, and we go from there. You mentioned Ole Miss and uh, their game with, with Tennessee. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we've got, uh, we got the games that you can really evaluate coming up. So, yeah, that's where we're at. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm curious. We're going to get a chance to hear from Eric Mateos and Sam Pittman tomorrow, new offensive line coach and obviously your head coach, and just kind of their thoughts on how this season played out at the offensive line. Cody Kennedy no longer here. He is in Starkville, and kind of what they're doing to figure that out. I know they got a offensive tackle commit out of San Jose State. Keyshawn Blackstock, former Michigan State Spartan, played JUCO this last year. What they're going to do moving forward with that offensive line, how many guys they're going to add, something that I get, I would guess those two are going to be asked about tomorrow. Speaking of recruiting, Arkansas did, unfortunately, did a de- get a decommitment from four-star athlete Jaden Ball out of Decatur, Georgia. He's projected as a running back or just an athlete overall. Uh, I wish I could share with you a bunch of great news on the transfer portal and recruiting side of things. Unfortunately, it hasn't been as plentiful as many of us would have liked. Arkansas women's basketball back in action at 10 a.m. tomorrow against Illinois. The basket, men's basketball team again taking on, why don't I just play, Abilene Christian on Thursday night as well. Last thing here in your hog update, Phil Still just updated his All-SEC and uh, All-American list. Cam Little was a third-team honorable mention All-American kicker. Uh, he had several guys that were All-SEC, including Landon Jackson. Cam Little's also on that team. Isaiah Satania as well. Andrew Armstrong, Brady Latham, Dwight McArthur, and Chris Paul Jr. So those are some of the recent awards to be out by one of the kings of college football when it comes to your football program. That's going to do it for your hog update this morning. As always, it is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 sparky So if you're a San Francisco 49er fan or a Dallas Cowboy fan or just a, a fan of anyone else outside the Philadelphia Eagles, you were happy with the Seattle 20-17 to win last night where Drew Locke, former Missouri quarterback, threw basically a game-winning pass to Jackson Smith and Jigma at the end of the game and then uh, Philadelphia threw another interception. Hurts had two interceptions last night. Had some interesting comments after the game. I've been talking about execution all year. Been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page. And we didn't execute. I don't think we were committed enough. They've lost three straight. Now, they have a much more favorable schedule down the stretch than the Dallas Cowboys. They get to play the Giants twice, once in Philly and once on the road. And they also play Arizona at home. Tommy, the Dallas Cowboys travel to Miami this week to take on the high-flying Dolphins. Then they host division-leading Detroit, and then they go to Washington. I think the Eagles are going to drop one of these next three games. I don't think they'll beat the Giants twice. I think that they'll slip up, as weird as that sounds, as bad as the Giants are this year. I don't see them closing out and winning three straight. And I think, as crazy as it sounds, I think Dallas will win this weekend. And I think they'll win next weekend against Jared Goff and the Lions. 
And I honestly think that you said it on the money a couple weeks ago that they will lose to Washington yeah. for the chance to host don't, as don't the talk that NSC East leader. How about them Cowboys? Please don't choke talk. it away. I mean, I don't totally disagree that that's something that that could happen, but come on now. You got I anything mean, based, be- you got anything, based on, than, you got anything yeah, other than come on now? You're the cowboy fan of this show. Outside, tell, tell us, tell us why we're here, wrong. We Chuck's just, not here to defend. Well, all right, here's why we're pull that chest out a little bit. We don't lose to the Commanders. I don't. Remember, I don't think we've lost to the Commanders since they became the Commanders. Mm, so you do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say that, but you just killed your own argument, yeah. Christian. No, they're not going to lose to the Commanders. Oh, I don't. Hey, this show and and to me, the NFL is vastly more entertaining when talking about the NFL when the Cowboys are good. So I I, I root for the Cowboys because I think it makes our show better and it makes the NFL product better. But I, I have about as much faith in the Cowboys. You know, getting to a Super Bowl is it uh, do the the Razorbacks nope. getting to a to an SEC championship? I just game think right it's now. so. San Francisco to me is going to come out of the NFC because you're going to have to go through San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. I don't know. They can I don't. The road I don't that. think. Yeah, and I don't think the Cowboys or the Eagles. And I know the Eagles smacked them last year in Philly, but that's just going to be a tough place to play. And I think Purdy is angry after what happened last year in the injury. I think on the AFC though. There are a bunch of teams that, like Baltimore right now is the league yeah. leader in the AFC, but I don't know if people are scared to go into Baltimore in the AFC. Is it because of the quarterback differences, right? Like not that Brock Purdy hasn't had an MVP-like year, but there's so many great quarterbacks in the AFC when you think about Mahomes, you think about Allen, you think about Burrow, you think about all these guys. They're on the AFC. The NFC-wise, it's not that same caliber, and that's why I think that, again, it's a far greater task to win in San Francisco because you don't have the same caliber of quarterbacks on that side of the the conference. I think you're right, and I think the common denominator in the NFC is the 49ers. I mean, they they took care of – they destroyed the Eagles and the Cowboys, and who's to say that, you know, the Cowboys and Eagles – that that didn't break them a little bit, break their spirit because they they both know that they're going to have to be able to beat the 49ers if they want to go to a Super Bowl. I did pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this weekend in our NFL Pick'em contest presented by Heartland Honda. Tommy, you're currently up right now. You've got 149 points. Derek's got 146. Phil's got 145. Zach's at 144. Uh, Big C, you're at 142, and I'm at 141, and DQ's at 131. So I'm not faring in the picks as well as I thought I should. About like your fantasy league. Yeah. It's, second uh, from the le- second from the bottom. Well, I didn't know I got to the playoffs this year, but uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I started Dallas Cowboys and they disappointed me again. So I am a little bitter towards Dallas Cowboy Nation this morning because I actually had the best team in fantasy this year and I came up short in the playoffs just because like in the real National Football League, it's about who's hot at the right time and evidently it was not me at this point in time. But that's our uh, NFL Pick'em Standings, again, presented by Heartland Honda. Make sure if you've not signed up, you can still sign up this week, even at this point, for different Survivor stuff and whatnot at hitthatline.com. Work hard, play hard, Heartland Honda in Northwest Arkansas. All right, what do you think? Will the Cowboys get to an NFC Championship game? Let's, let's just not even talk Super Bowl. Can they get to the NFC Championship game? Call or text us, 877-377-377. Six nine six three. They're playing Tampa. I think they're set up to play Tampa Bay right now. Mm. They can win in Tampa Bay, but 
then you're either you either have to play Philadelphia or San Francisco. I think if they don't win these next three games and if Philly doesn't lose, so they're just let's say that they the Eagles go two and three these next three games and the Cowboys go two and three. Who gets the tiebreaker? I think the Eagles have that tiebreaker scenario because okay. they're tied right now. But I, I read somewhere that they for, split for the regular se- season. Obviously. Yeah, they did. But I, I read somewhere that I think the Eagles have that tiebreaker. It's, I think I, don't hold me to this. I think it's based on your record against the rest of the division. Isn't that right? That sounds that could, right. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, and I, uh, we haven't. Well, I know we. I don't think either the F- Eagles or the Cowboys have lost to a division team this year. Well, we'll see how it shakes out again. The NFL yeah. as that heats up as we get closer to the playoffs. College football just is the portal is much is, is much more news creating and conversation has been around that rather than bowl. Like I haven't watched more than 10 minutes of any bowls to this point. And with like Jaden Daniels, for example, opting out of their game against Wisconsin, even these somewhat appealing sec bowl game matchups are not nearly as appealing because of the primetime players. A lot of them not participating. So it's going to hurt bowl ratings this year. And you always have good NFL ratings and it's not like any of those guys are are opting out with those games, especially as we get closer to the playoffs. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Jason Peters in action last night, long-time NFL player, former Razorback, and uh, the oldest player, one of the oldest players in the league right now. He was in action last night. Christian, what else happened this weekend with former Razorbacks? All right, you heard them just mention Hunter Henry. Well, he had a good day. Nine targets against the Chiefs. He had seven catches in the 27-17 loss to the Chiefs for 66 yards and a touchdown. Should have had two touchdowns that game. One was called back for holding. Yeah, Hunter's been good this year. I think he has six total touchdowns this season. He has been one of the few bright spots for a terrible New England Patriots team that uh, after this season might fire Bill Belichick. We'll have to wait and see. Now, Frank Ragnow and the Detroit Lions took care of business against the Broncos 42-17 on Saturday. The Lions had 448 total yards, 185 yards on the ground. Drew Sanders got to play some for the Broncos defense. He assisted on one tackle in the blowout loss. Yeah, Detroit uh, got Ragnow back. I heard Dan Campbell talking about his addition. Apparently, Frank, like, after whatever he was going through, it was like, yep, coach, I'll be there at practice on Monday. Sure enough, he was, and uh, I know they're happy to have him back. Cam Curl and the Washington Commanders lost to the Rams 28-20. Curl had a solo tackle, and he assisted on four. Uh, Curl's been good for them this year. They're just, Ron Rivera might be done after this season based on how their, uh, their win and loss total looks like at this point. 
Traylon Burks, he had three catches on three targets on Sunday for the Titans. 62 yards receiving. His longest catch went for 37 yards. The Titans lost to the Texans 19-16 in overtime. That was an ugly defensive game. It was open season on those quarterbacks. Did you guys get to watch any of that? Yeah, Levis got drilled multiple times in that game. It was, like you said, just a, a really defensive battle and uh titan if you're a titans fan how that game concluded was just awful yoda for holt and the cardinals gave drake greenlaw and the 49ers a test on sunday but they fell 45 29 the cardinals outgained the 49ers in total yards 436 to 406 greenlaw had seven solo tackles and one assisted seven solo tackles that's a pretty good game yeah, yeah maybe he uh along with fred warner's the best linebacker duo in all of football uh greenlaw doesn't get the same credit as their captain and the all pro but uh he is 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 instrumental and as 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 a big a part of that defense and kyle shanahan would probably say that too monteric brown recorded four solo tackles and assisted on one against the ravens on sunday in the jaguars 23-7 loss jeremiah ledbetter had two solo tackles in the game for jacksonville on the defensive side yeah buster brown uh they mentioned his name they i, I love when they mention monteric's nickname and that was uh like i talked about a couple times during that broadcast and as you were talking about earlier actually the oldest active nfl player in the nfl jason peters and his seahawks upset the eagles on monday night football 20 to 17 wasn't a flawless game for either team but the seahawks did just enough to win taking the lead late yep still in the hunt lock finds jackson smith and the jigma on a go route at the tail end and hurts throws two interceptions including one late that cost the eagles a game eagles are real light right now they've lost three straight You'll love that if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. We'll just have to see how their uh, if their momentum keeps going in the wrong direction or if it plays out like that. But that is a, a good number of Arkansas former Razorbacks in your Lindsay Associates Pro Hog update. So it's a bandwagon Tuesday, and I'm never going to switch allegiances from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and this football, basketball, or baseball program like, say, Brian and Ozark. But I do need to give credit and to what Lane Kiffin has done to this point. He's added 10 guys out of the transfer portal. They're on Walter Nolan right now, who's the defensive end from Texas A&M's and the number one player in the portal. It looks like they're going to be able to land him at this point. He they they've been awesome, and what has happened is two ten win seasons in the last three years since NIL has come about. They've got an easy non conference game, Power Five against Wake Forest in Winston Salem later this season. They get Georgia at home this next year, and they avoid Alabama. So Ole Miss has a favorable schedule when you look at what's set up. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they'll be in Atlanta, Georgia, a place they've never been since 1992, but they will be one of the favorites next year, and there will be a lot of people that pick them as the dark horse to win the SEC and be in the SEC championship, a spot they've never done, based on his additions now and based on where they expect them to keep adding out of high school and out of the transfer portal these next couple weeks. So how does he crack the, the Saban code and now the prob- the 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 Texas code, all, all these other things are going to be be cracked. Ole Miss has never been able to do I, all that. I, so to me, Jackson Dart is not the quarterback that can take you to the where you want to go. Okay. I think they'd have to add someone out of, out of the portal like a Cam Ward and one of these other outstanding quarterbacks, but they look like they're rolling with Dart. So I would still not put my money on Ole Miss based on that. 
but they're going to have everything else. They're going to have skill position players. They'll have defensive players, and they will be very much in the hunt. I just don't know if they can get... Like you, you mentioned that glass ceiling, Tommy. You've got to have an elite quarterback if you're one of the, the schools that hasn't done it yet, and I just don't think he's that guy. Okay. Yeah. And, and Ole Miss just... They seem to have things going in the portal, but that hasn't... all. And again, they've been a, a top four top tier, top third SEC uh, team. I don't know if they're a top tier, top third program, but um, but they've, they've done what we talked about earlier. They hired the right coach. It's the right fit for them. And I think Ole Miss fans, they don't like to talk about it out loud, but they want Nick Saban to continue to coach because I think, like like I think, they believe they're going to lose their head coach to Tuscaloosa when, when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, I think Dan Lanning's ultimately going to get hired at Alabama, but they're four. Georgia or Alabama, depending on where your allegiances lie, LSU, and then I would put Ole Miss at four. I know Tennessee had that run last year, but they didn't supplement it really with anything this year. I think Ole Miss is four right now in the conference, and they're that. You, okay. you probably just have a. You probably have tier one being just Alabama and Georgia, but that tier there's two, a gap between Georgia and LSU. No question. Yeah, and even with LSU, but I don't think there's a huge gap between no. LSU and Ole Miss right now. No, I don't think so. Either. And Tennessee, I don't think so either. All right, let's do what we usually do on a Tuesday. Let's welcome in our friend Tom Murphy on the Morning Rush. Now, let's talk to Tom Murphy on the Morning Rush. Tom, we're just talking about Ole Miss there. I know recruiting is not what you cover every single day, and we've got early national signing day for high school. You've got all these portal things that you have to, again, kind of somewhat keep your eye on at this point. Do you think Arkansas fans have a right to be somewhat disappointed by what's kind of gone on these last couple weeks, or, or is it still too early to tell what's happened, in your opinion? Yeah, good morning. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, I mean, they certainly aren't, you know, tearing it up in the portal. And um, and as you just mentioned, yeah, keeping track of things, Ole Miss is landing a bunch of dudes, and which, you know, A, it helps your front line. You got proven playmakers, and then B, it helps your depth probably. So, um, uh, you know, Arkansas has a plan, and, and we'll see. Um, their defense is pretty good. I mean, if you add a, add a few linebackers and, you know, fill in where you're going to lose some DBs and some D linemen, you got a chance. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, this is the offseason. Everybody values or and rates everything, and um, certainly the portal time is one of the biggest and signing days, one of the biggest deals on the calendar. So um, not as much splashy stuff going on at Arkansas as there at some other SEC schools for sure. Tom, we did get the news yesterday that Chandler Morris is entering the transfer portal. I know that most of us are interested where KJ ultimately ends up. Did that kind of give you a heads up that TCU might be his next destination? Well, KJ certainly has flourished under the tutelage of Kendall Bryles. And, yeah, I mean, it would give him a breath of fresh air uh, and reunite him with a guy who's been very good to him in a different league. So, I mean, there had been rumblings that, you know, Auburn might be involved too. Uh, but I don't know. It's I would think that it's a more logical spot for him to, to wind up with Kendall just because the two of them have, have done so well together. His numbers... You know, Arkansas fans were were frustrated with, you know, some play calls, some of the fourth and shorts that they did not convert under Kendall Bryles. And 
I remember there was a particular series against A&M a couple years ago where they were moving the ball, that really frustrating game. <clears throat> they were moving the ball really well, and then Malik Hornsby went in, and he touched the ball on three consecutive plays, and Arkansas fans were just irate, and I get it. It changed the tempo of that game and in a bad way for the Razorbacks, but uh, Kendall Biles was <laughs> – Heck of an offensive coordinator here for the Razorbacks. What's your read or gauge on the momentum? We were talking about this earlier that, you know, we'd love to come on and tell you, hey, you've, you've stolen away a player or two from someone else's commitment list. You landed this one in the portal. Um, Tom, there de- just doesn't seem to be a lot of juice or a lot of momentum right now when you really expected there to be a little bit more um, co- coming off the Bobby Petrino hire. Don't disagree. Their signing class has got to be, you know, they've got to hit on these guys and find a way to get them into the to the mix. Um, their last two portal classes have gone well. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's um, other schools seemingly are, are landing bigger names out of the portal. But um, we're just going to have to see how it plays out on the field. Uh, there's a lot of you know, there's always this relative momentum. What are you doing today? And for the right here and now, I mean, the Bobby Petrino hire was was seen as a a bold move. And you know, if he if he continues along the path he's done as an offensive coordinator and a play caller, I mean, he, he's spectacular at it. So that's something. But you do also have to have the players in place. And it looks like to me they've kept a lot of their wide receivers kept. The, some of their running backs that they want. And um, uh, Petrina will make a difference on the offense. Uh, how does that stack up with your depth and, you know, your overall playmakers on defense? Well, seems to me like they need to do a little bit more before, you know, they hit the field. Yeah. Tom Murphy with us, uh, Whole Hog Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Tom, d- National Signing Day tomorrow, we're uh... – you know, we're going to get to hear from Eric Mateos, uh, one staff change that we know about. Do you expect other staff changes once National Signing Day is done? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's inevitable, but there's certainly a chance. And and here's the thing I, I keep saying to you guys is those defensive dudes made, you know, they, they made a huge improvement. So it wouldn't be shocking if people came after them. Um, so we'll just see how it plays out. Um you know, Kenny Guyton has obviously stayed on staff. You know, is he entertaining offers to maybe be an offensive coordinator somewhere else? Um, I mean, it's it's always a possibility. And um, um, I haven't heard anything specific. Um, but you got a lot of teams getting ready for bowls right now, and coaches might not be as much attuned to what their staff changes are going to look like when it's all said and done. I mean, December is the craziest month of the year in college football right now, no doubt. Tom, I want to change conversation to basketball. We got the news this weekend that Keon Minifield has been reinstated, got a waiver from the NCAA. How much do you think that's going to impact the rotation and may either galvanize or or hurt the basketball team and how they're going about things more? Well, I think the proper answer is it remains to be seen. Um, You you heard – Eric Musselman, after the Oklahoma game, talk about how they're really going to examine what the rotations look like, who all's getting minutes. <clears throat> and so we thought there might be a pairing down. But actually, uh, I think 13 guys played the other night against Lipscomb. And then after that, 
um, Eric Musselman says, well, now I'm getting questions about how uh, are we going to start limiting minutes. So uh, you saw that L. Ellis's minutes were down against Lipscomb. Um, does that mean Minifield and, um, and you know Pinion started the game, but then they didn't get much after that. So um, I think he likes a shorter rotation, um, but there's enough guys with talent on this roster that on a given night, uh, I mean, Minifield had some great games at Washington. So, you know, we'll just have to see. Um, it, it's who's, Who is doing the things that they require the most? And it sounds to me like stopping guys' penetration if you're a guard and getting rebounds if you're a big guy. So the example being Jalen Graham scores great the other night, but not rebounding like they want. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Makai Mitchell – uh, at the end of the game, he's hitting the big shots they need against that zone. It goes six for six and shows some toughness. So uh, it, this could be a game-to-game thing, and I don't know what the ultimate roster composition or, or the, the playing rotation will look like, but eight to nine guys might be you know, his sweet spot when we get into conference play. Tom, does this team feel different than his previous three teams who had bad stretches but found a way to get to the tournament? Do you feel differently about how this season has played out to this point? Yeah, it does. And, I mean, one of the reasons, and this is a little bit esoteric, but one of the reasons is where they stand in the net rankings. I mean, their schedule has buoyed them, and they've been right there near the top of the SEC in the net. But this year, you know, when you get in conference play, everyone's net rankings aren't going to move drastically. And right now, Arkansas is not in great shape. So uh, they're going to have to have a good conference record clearly to make the tournament and um i do feel a little bit different um i and we've always said on this show that eric musselman has got enough background and data that you you're they're going to show improvements when they get in conference play and they're going to find a way but as he stated the other day that's that's no indication that you know future results might vary and um so th- this is going to be a trying season in terms of finding the right combinations and and getting the kind of defensive stoppers that he's looking for. Tom, I'm going to say, but based on the way they played at home against Purdue and the way they played against Duke gives you hope that at least on the home floor they can rise to the to the occasion. Tom, appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas. We're going to talk to you on Thursday, and then uh, we'll get ready for a holiday weekend. Sounds good, guys. See right. y'all. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.